From the Medical Republic, I'm Francine Crimmins. This is The Tea Room. While the earth getting hotter presents many challenges for certain regions of Australia and our key industries, one threat that few people consider is that posed by mosquito-borne infection. And it's never been so important with the Aedes aegypti mosquito being able to gain more ground in Australia due to climate change. But there's also significant risk for imported diseases. The Aedes albopictus mosquito hasn't yet been detected in Australia, but it is endemic just 150 kilometres away from our shores. These mosquitoes can also tolerate cooler climates, which means that they might be able to reproduce year-round, even in Australia's southern states. And if the COVID pandemic has taught us anything, it's that we shouldn't ignore the threat of imported diseases. This episode, we're joined by Professor Andrew Taylor-Robinson, an infectious disease immunologist specialising in mosquito-borne pathogens at Central Queensland University and Charles Darwin University. Professor Taylor-Robinson, thank you for joining us on the podcast. It's a pleasure, Francine. Thank you for having me. So the northern parts of Australia have managed to long avoid some of the mosquito-borne viruses that we see abroad, even in our very close neighbouring countries, I'm thinking East Timor. But now there's a threat that we could very soon start to see emergence of these infectious diseases. What factors are increasing our risk currently? Uh, well, I think the, the threat has been there for a while because uh uh, in fact, uh, Aedes uh, albopictus, which is one of the uh, uh, two pre- uh, predominant, uh, globally predominant uh, mosquitoes, together with uh, Aedes aegypti that uh, transmit uh, dengue, that is in the uh, Torres Strait, as you mentioned, like 150 k's of uh, of uh, the, the top of uh, uh, Queensland, and. Um, being being realistic, it's probably only a matter of time before before it it, it comes across to, to Australia. I mean, we can see the from the COVID the case of COVID how difficult it is to keep things to keep uh, to keep things out. Um, and in in that particular case, uh, because of the uh, the uh, that particular case, it's probably going to come across by by ship or, or ship or boat. Uh, and uh, I think people think of uh, the transmit uh, infectious mosquitoes coming over or infectious people coming over. Uh, Principally through uh, international travel and air travel, and that is true of especially for something like a, a dengue coming across from Southeast Asia. But um, equally, uh, a lot uh, there, that you can get uh, mosquitoes, particularly rather than humans, uh, infected, uh, and mosquito eggs coming across in shipping freight, and it, uh, that is probably going to be the most likely uh, way uh, Aedes uh, albopictus might get a, a foothold in northern Australia. And so the Aedes aegypti mosquito mm. is established in some parts of the Australian tropics, I believe, and we see cases of dengue from this species, but. Is there concern about the emergence of other conditions um, starting to emerge in northern Australia? Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, first of all, talking about Aedes aegypti. Uh, so that, uh, as I said, together with Aedes aegypti is uh, uh, 
can be found in uh, Australia as far south as the uh, really the Tropic of Capricorn in, in and around Rockhampton. In fact, there was a, uh, a case of uh, uh, autochthonous transmission, i.e. person-to-person transmission locally uh, acquired of dengue uh, through Aegis aedipti in Rocky uh, in 2019, which showed that, uh, uh, that uh, it, was, it was possible. So uh, as far south as Rocky, say, as, as a benchmark, we can see uh, Aedes aegypti. Aedes albopictus, uh, not really yet. Uh, the thing about albopictus is that uh, it survives uh, it, at colder temperatures than, uh, than uh, Aedes uh, aegypti. So if it, and when it does come over to the Australian mainland, uh, over a period of time, there, there is cause for concern. I mean, not right now. This is this is a, a chronic, uh, a chronic cause for, for concern, shall we say? But uh, it, 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 the conditions would be right. Um, there are there are issues re- uh, regarding uh, meteorological changes. Uh, I, I I dare not say. Uh, 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 global warming. I think that's a bit of an old-fashioned term these days, but uh, uh, climate change. And um, what we are seeing is that, uh, that, that there are more, f- more and more favourable conditions for mosquito breeding, so that uh, 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 mosquito-borne uh, infectious diseases, principally uh, viruses, uh, are often think thought of historically as uh, tropical infectious diseases, and now we're seeing them spread uh, further and away, further and further out from the equator towards the uh, subtropics, uh, including including Australia. So over the next uh, over the next few decades, maybe the next hundred years, we, we're going to see uh, uh, probably an incremental uh, spread of. Uh, dengue and other infectious diseases. Uh, I think you may intimated some things like uh, Zika and yellow fever, for instance, which uh, are uh, equally transmissible by uh, Aedes aegypti. Despite being a country that seems to have quite a few creepy crawlies already and, you know, quite a lot of mosquitoes in the summer, but potentially not the harmful ones that are, you know, carrying diseases, as you've spoken about. Overseas, though, we see public health messages that, you know, are focused on, you know, public spraying and health campaigns. I'm thinking in Singapore, they tell residents not to leave water in certain places in their homes. Do you think that we're doing enough in our at-risk regions currently? I think in the tropical north, uh, in uh, Northern Territory, but also uh, really in the tropical north of Queensland, where uh, such issues are... uh, Current, currently uh, are current. Yes, I, I think the uh, I think the local councils say in uh, Cairns and Townsville I've mentioned previously. Uh, I think they do a pretty good job of getting the message out there in terms of uh, um, community uh, awareness campaigns. Um, in, in fact, I've done a study myself a few years ago, which which suggested that the further south you go, the, the less people are aware. So it's that knowledge, awareness and uh, prevention. Uh, and certainly the, the, the in southeast Queensland, you know, the, the obviously more metropolitan hub of uh, uh, Brisbane and the Gold Coast, people, are, people generally are um, far 
uh, I don't want to use the word ignorant, far less aware, shall we say, of uh, the, the threat of uh, mosquito-transmitted uh, uh, infections. Uh, and obviously, most people think of mosquitoes as, as an irritant. So um, there is that there is that bonus of if you're if you if you stop uh, mosquitoes from breeding in your backyard and this is one of the issues because there's only so much that a local council can do in terms of uh, uh, spraying and in terms of uh, of uh, treatment of uh, public areas where there's less chance of, of mosquitoes breeding and uh, how do you incentivize somebody? It's like incentivizing somebody to, to have a COVID vaccine if they don't see the uh, point of it or if they're, if they're against it or they don't see the relevance. Um, it's a tricky one because you, you, you're uh, impinging upon uh, what some people would perceive as uh, their personal rights to keep that to keep their backyard in in a in a mess. The point being here that some of the, some of these uh, mosquitoes I mentioned the Aedes mosquitoes. Uh, uh, they, they are peri-domestic mosquitoes, uh, i.e. they like to live in and around your in and around people's uh, domiciles, their, their residences. And they're also um, anthropophilic, i.e. they uh, really like to bite humans. Uh, and the other thing about uh, Aedes mosquitoes is uh, they're daytime biters. I think a lot of people... Uh, not all mosquitoes are the same. <laughs> and I think a lot of people think that mosquitoes bite at dawn and dusk, which is true of some mosquitoes. Absolutely. Um, I think the Anopheles mosquitoes, uh, which uh, which transmit uh, malaria, the, the um, parasite malaria, they're very, very much... Uh, uh, biters at dawn and dusk. And I think people generally are aware of that, but it doesn't apply to all mosquitoes. It certainly doesn't apply to dengue, uh, to Aedes, which uh, transmits dengue. Uh, uh, and the thing about that, of course, is you just pop outside to uh, hang up your washing and you think, oh, it only take five minutes. I don't need, I don't need to put any uh, insecticide on or spray myself. Uh, but because these blighters are right outside your back door, and you're concentrating on hanging up your washing, they, they bite you and you don't even know. So that, that's, uh, that, that is a problem. And uh, one of the reasons they, they uh, take a hold in people's backyards is because they, they breed in very small volumes of water. So uh, an upturned, uh, disused uh, you know, can or, or plant pot or, or uh, one of the big issues in some parts of the world is disused tires. So they, they get in the tread of the tires and they uh, they uh, breed there or very small potholes in the road. And, uh, so that's a, a, that's a problem. So uh, this notion that mosquitoes breed in, in large sort of stagnant uh, pools of water, well, that's true for, for a lot of mosquitoes, but uh, uh, the dengue uh, vectors can breed in a thimble full of water so it's a matter of educating people to uh you know up uh, turn turn over their plant pots or, or whatever especially especially uh, during and after the rainy season obviously if there's no rain mosquitoes need water in which to breed so if there's no rain it's not an issue but during the rainy season it is and people in the tropical north are by and large pretty well uh, educated regarding this. So currently the message is out there. The concern is educating people um, further south uh, where perhaps local councils don't see it as a, as a uh, relevance. We, 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 we all know that uh, politicians think of the short term 
uh, this this is a this is an ongoing issue. It's not a. It's not a. An issue. Uh, it's not a, a major public health concern for the here and now, as it would be perceived by, for instance, Queensland Health, which has certainly got enough on its plate with the uh, uh, COVID pandemic. But over the next uh, 10, 20, 30 years, it's a bit like climate change and uh, uh, trying to reduce carbon emissions. Uh, politicians uh, are only interested in their current term. They're not interested in uh, in uh, doing something for the greater good. In for, for over the next 50 years, if it's going to prove unpopular with the voters of today, uh, so it's it's a sort of multi uh, multiple multiply complex on uh, issue, what we might call a, a wicked uh, wicked problem, uh, a problem wrapped up in another problem with it wrapped up in another problem, a bit like a Russian doll. So that's how I that's how I perceive it. Professor Andrew Taylor Robinson, thank you. It's been a pleasure. I really enjoyed having tea with you today, Francine. Thank you. Before we go, don't forget that you can follow or subscribe to The Tea Room right now by searching for the show on the podcast player of your choice. You'll then be notified when a new episode becomes available. Catch you next time.